WATD presents Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. If it's Monday night, it's got to be Monday Night Talk with Kevin Tachi. So thanks for having me on. Kevin, good for you to hold back and let him tell his story. Putting the South Shore spin on politics, current events, and pop culture. You guys are the center of the universe today. At least the political universe. I believe both of you are, are from the area. Marshfield guys, yes, no? Correct, yeah. That's right. There's only one person not from Marshfield in this room right now. And it's you. It's me. <laughs> I'm the outcast. Well, you've always been generous with the time. I appreciate it very much. Oh, I'm honored to be on your show tonight, Kevin, with that impressive lineup you have. I believe our guest that we've been waiting for, Congressman Stephen Lynch. Kevin, good to join you. The governor of the Commonwealth. Very Charlie good. Becky, you ready? I got to tell you that uh, it's really nice to hear Aerosmith on the intro there. You're going to be the rock and roll governor? I don't know about that. But. <laughs> we have Mayor Joe Sullivan joining us, sir. How are you? Well, Kevin, very good to be with you again. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Dr. Drew, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Mr. Ming Tsai, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Massachusetts State Auditor Suzanne Bump. Hello, Auditor. How are you? I am fine, and I'm delighted to be with you this evening. And now, your host, Kevin Tachi. Welcome and good evening. You are tuned into Monday Night Talk, coming to you live from Broadcast House, 95.9 WATD, my name, as the intro provides you, is Kevin Tachi. And uh, we will bring you great conversation this evening, at least attempt to bring you great conversation. We'll kick things off right after we do a final traffic check on the nines. Uh, kicking it off with the State House report, State Senator Susan Moran will be joining us. The plan was for for the senator to be in studio, but she actually is attending the uh, the NDCAP meeting, that is the Nuclear Decommissioning Citizens Advisory Panel, and she'll join us from there. But we'll talk about a, a host of things, not only the elections that uh, took place nearly a month ago, but new administration coming in holidays how about replacing those cape bridges conversations ongoing we'll see what it'll cost and when it'll get done but there is a conversation going on and then goals for her new term for her next term which starts in january following that will be mr donnie westhaber donnie is uh, a gentleman who has um, Headed up the Whitman Area Toy Drive for many, many years. Um, there was a little hiatus when he didn't, as he had a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a health issue. But is back uh, with a, a great group of folks who are looking to help families in need during the holiday season. You can hear a lot of that, and a lot of different groups that will be featured on this radio station looking for help because times are so tough. The Whitman Area Toy Drive is one of those organizations that it will look to to help people uh, and also give you kind of a, a heads up about the 7th annual stuff. A cruiser uh, it isn't just a cruiser they've also brought over an ambulance too. so you'll have an opportunity to put toys in either one of those vehicles. This will be at the Whitman Police Station. That'll be taking place this coming weekend, uh, Sunday, December 4th. But we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's going on this year, how they've been doing, 
I've, I've interviewed Donnie a, a number of times talking about how they started it up, how it first began to where it is today, what some of the essential needs are. I mean, they usually do well. If you've ever had a chance to go to the Whitman VFW Pavilion, they already get the tables that are out. They actually have it all organized by age groups. And there are those groups that are tough to buy for, the tweeners, the early teenagers. We'll talk with them about that. And they don't just give away toys. There are other things as well. But Donnie will give us all those details coming up in just a bit. Hour number two, we'll speak with Victoria Bond and Brian Kennerson from the True Repertory Theater. And we're going to talk with them about Auntie Mame. This is a live production, holiday season, taking place at the Beale House in Kingston. And we'll get details about this particular show. If you're into holiday productions, uh, you definitely want to listen to our number two. Because following Victoria and Brian, we'll speak with Michelle McGrath. And usually we have Michelle on quarterly. Usually as the seasons change, we chat with her, get an idea of some upcoming events. And she is the, um, the founding uh, president of the McGrath PR and Media Consulting. We'll talk with her about a, a bunch of different events that are, that are taking place, whether it's uh, the Pilgrim Festival Chorus and their upcoming performance uh, to, if you're somebody who likes theater... Uh, we're going to find out about uh, the Americana Theater and their production of of an American uh, um, a, uh, the, uh, Christmas Carol, and then South Shore Ballet Theater. We'll find out about their upcoming performance. All coming up in just a few moments. My mother started Brennan's of Plymouth Center 30 years ago. Brennan's Smoke Shop has been the South Shore stock and stuffer destination ever since. Now with 10 going on 11 locations across the South Shore, South Coast, and New Hampshire, it's easier and more convenient than ever to fill your loved one's stocking. Customers must be 21 years of age or older and proper ID is required. Brennan's Smoke Shop, the best stocking stuffer destination in Massachusetts and New Hampshire for 30 years. We've been selling wood pipes, glass pipes, metal pipes, ceramic pipes, acrylic pipes, and the newest silicone pipes. Lighters, ashtrays, scratch tickets, humidors, grinders, cigar cutters, vaporizers, rolling machines, flavored hemp wraps, rolling papers, pipe tools, pipe lighters, smell-proof pouches, stash jars, can safes, digital scales, Zippo lighters, and the best cigars in the world. Brennan's Smoke Shop, wishing you a happy and safe holiday season. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. We kick things off with the State House Report, a staple of this radio program, as we're able to speak with the various legislators who represent uh, you here on the South Shore, and even from time to time we can speak to the constitutional officers. We'll work to get uh, Treasurer and State Auditor and maybe even the Governor and Lieutenant Governor on in the near future, but... Right now, we speak with State Senator Susan Moran, who's actually uh, about to uh, step into an NDCAP meeting. Uh, Senator, welcome back to Monday Night Talk, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. 
Oh, you too, Kevin. So happy to be here. So what's on the docket this evening for the, the Nuclear Decommissioning Citizens Advisory Panel? So the uh, agenda provides that there'll be an update from Holtec in terms of its plans and options. And so I'm interested to see where that is rounded because you know that they had previously uh, agreed to uh, sort of a stay of all action um, during uh, the year 2022. So we've been working hard with the legislative delegation and with the federal delegation to really um, look at um, what the attorney general is planning with respect to that memorandum that governs the operations and look at the EPA permit. And in the meantime, um, I also filed some legislation. So that is another topic um, that is kind of been of concern most recently because after the governor um, vetoed the legislation, we now have to, um, you know, kind of look at next steps. This was um, legislation I think you and I talked about at some point, which Mm -hmm. would create a commission, including citizens, appointees from the House and the Senate, the governor's office, to look at um, both the public health and kind of environmental, um, you know, situation of decommissioning Holtec, and that there would actually be hearings in four different locations, which would cover a wide geographical area, including the Cape, which is, of course, uh, going to be affected uh, just as, as Plymouth has. Um, and will be uh, when the decommissioning moves forward. And, and we did a lot of groundwork here. Uh, Rep. Lenatra, Rep. Noratori, um, we all got together. We ran it by the committees. We you know, made sure the administration was well aware of what we were doing. We asked for comments. And then it passed with flying colors, both the House and the Senate. And then at the last minute, surprisingly, the governor vetoed the bill. So um, we're looking at and uh, following up with the administration on those issues. One of the good things moving forward is that um, with a new administration, um, Governor um, Healy to to be, uh, we believe that this will get a, um, a quick start at review as soon as we um, get it in, in position with the new administration as the Attorney General has been very familiar with our actions and has, we, we've had legislative meetings, in fact, um, every six weeks or so um, for the legislature and delegations on both sides of the canal, including administration, DEP, DPH, uh, federal um, uh, representatives, as well as attorney general. And we're gonna continue to meet together so that we have a transparent and safe process for this decommissioning. Senator, did did the administration give plausible reasons why it was was vetoed? And is there enough time on the clock to to make another push? Or is it it dead in the water? Well, there will be another push. Question is, will it be this year or next year? Mm -hmm. And we're looking at all options. Um, my read of the governor's reasons um, were the fact that, you know, there's already a process 
But of course, that's been the issue from day one, that it's not been a sufficiently transparent and public process. And this would be a real opportunity for advocates, scientists, uh, people that are interested in, in public health, people that, you know, that earn their living in the water, such as lobster and shellfish people and, and, and any kind of marine um, operation would all get to participate in the hearings, raise their concerns so that they could be covered. You know, there, there are a myriad of chemicals that, that could be involved. You know, as an analogy, when you look at the PFAS situation, we're learning about that every day. And so this is a similar health concern. And so, the, you know, I think the bottom line here is that, you know, we're not giving up. We're not going to allow one drop of radioactive material into Cape Cod Bay. And we have a process that is laid out in this legislation to be followed. And we hope to get it passed as it did pass through, um, through the legislature uh, with the next governor. I'm going to use a, a Simon and Garfunkel uh, uh, analogy or segue per se, uh, bridge over troubled waters here. Um, can we talk a little bit about the the, the two bridges and the, the, the conversation about replacing the two Cape bridges, where do things stand with that? Well, that that is moving forward um, pretty much as expected. The There was most recently, uh, November 17, a meeting of about 160 residents um, with respect to uh, the potential plan and comments um, to ensure uh, cross-canal mobility and accessibility between the Cape and Islands and the rest of Massachusetts. The Army Corps of Engineers has been doing data collection, uh, pilot soil investments, uh, analyzed bridges of various types along with traffic and and future uh, safety analysis. And they've come down to presenting uh, really three types. Um, one of them is described as a concrete girder. The next is a, a cable stage, a stayed brother bridge. And then the third one is an arch style. Uh, the current bridge is most like the arch style that's proposed, those iconic archways. And so the Army Corps is out um, just getting needed, you know, public comment and involvement. Um, they've laid out what the general uh, construction sequence will be. Um, they're going to first construct um, bridge number one of the two twin bridges. The second thing they'll do is demolish that existing bridge wow. and redirect traffic onto the new bridge. And then they're going to construct the second twin bridge and the final twin bridge, one will um, have traffic that will travel off the Cape, one will have uh, traffic that will travel on the Cape, and there'll be pedestrian access and bike access maintained throughout the process. So you can see the design really addresses many of the public concerns about any sort of emergency exit off the Cape, for example, because what they'd be able to do is change the traffic flow because they do have, they would have now a total of four bridges where they could have two of the, um, all four in fact, going one way if there was an emergency situation. So that's one of the goals 
that's been um, really long time needed. The um, they're looking at the next meeting of this bridge improvement program in January of 23 to get more comments. Um, and in fact, my my maiden speech in the Senate when I was first elected in this in this. Uh, special election um, when Senator DiMasito left was to get the $350 million commitment from the Commonwealth about funding this design. And most recently, um, there were two bids put in by MassDOT. One of them was disallowed as not being right for that offered program, and there still is uh, a second um, grant proposal that's out uh, pending response. Um, we also have been closely looking at the um, U.S. DOT um, comments. At the end of July, uh, U.S. DOT requested additional information to see if there were other federal funds or non-federal funds that were um, able to be committed, sort of uh, maybe even looking at ARPA and there was a uh, feeling at that point that more work needed to be done on that um, issue. And so they're right now looking at funding gaps um, moving forward. But, you know, the, the federal delegation is so on top of this. Congressman Keating has been giving updated reports, as has uh, Senator um, Markey and Warren's office. Is there an, uh, any indication as to when we can see shovels in the ground and the project gets underway, or is it just a matter of making it through this process and, and letting the public weigh in on what, what they think would be best for those two bridges? Well, you know, it's, it's a good point because there has been already preparatory work done. I think, you know, if anybody who's traveled over the bridge has noticed, you know, there have been some uh, added traffic issues. Um, so, and there's been a couple of years of um, public presentation and comments accepted on, on those various rotary work, for example. But the, the main um, construction part is going to be a number of years away. Um, most people talk about this as a 10-year project. Um, we're uh, looking at information um, from, you know, whether it's Cape Cod Commission or the state or the federal delegation would suggest that, you know, the work is going to start earlier because, you know, we all do know that the bridges are past their time. Again, if you're just tuning in, no, we are speaking with State Senator Sue Moran. She is our guest, and I, I want to take a moment to congratulate you on being reelected. And talk to me, if you will, about uh, what what are you setting for goals for for the new term? Is it too early to ask you that, or is this something that you know you're you've been kind of jotting down uh, leading up to being sworn in in January? Well. You know, it's something that that our team is continuously thinking about because we are, as a matter of course, um, working with constituents and looking at improvements, um, and especially with the economy having taken such a hit from COVID. Um, we came very close um, at the end of the last session to getting the lion's share of our child care bill passed. Um, Senator Lewis and I are the lead sponsors of what's 
um, known as commonstartma.org. And that I look at as an economic development bill because it's going to really give families a leg up on getting back to work, getting back to their career path, getting young children um, to have professional um, just health reviews and educational reviews so that our next generation can be incredibly um, just productive and, and happy. It also looks at child care businesses where um, they are uh, an element of low-paid workers really getting, um, and so there's high turnover. And so really supporting that um, industry so that teachers can be making as much as, for example, public kindergarten teachers and, and really that the, um, the importance of the work um, gets respected by the paycheck as well. So that's a huge thing. Um, we've got the studies done and we're ready to, to close that um, right as we get going. And, you know, we also look at um, got great collaboration with a, a new administration coming in. We've had a House and Senate Democrat majority um, with a Republican governor, and we've done some good things. And now with the Democratic governor, lieutenant governor, um, we're looking at uh, perhaps some, you know, even more productivity. Um, the Just to give you an example of the collaboration of the Healy-Driscoll transition, I today, as a legislative leader, got a solicitation to collaborate. And the, the forms, um, you know, just really send us your ideas. And as legislators, how do you want to participate? How do you want to contribute? The um, various priority areas that the Healy and Driscoll uh, team are setting forth are six. One of them is abundant affordable housing. The next one relates to transportation and they call it how we get around. The third one is thriving youth and young adults. My child care bill would fit right in there. The fourth one is jobs and a flourishing economy for all. Uh, climate readiness, resilience, and adaptation is the fifth. And the, the last one is safe and healthy communities for all ages. And so you can see that the, the Healy administration has its work cut out for it, but at the same time is not going to try to superimpose programs that are more fit for Boston on areas such as the Plymouth Barnstable District, which have some rural communities, for example, which have, you know, uh, many ocean-facing communities. So there's going to be an opportunity, I think, to right-size. Kevin, you may remember that the Attorney General Healy and Mayor Driscoll made the Plymouth train station its second stop after the primaries. I had been speaking uh, with Attorney General Healy um, for a long time on the need for good transportation and housing for everyone, and she toured the Cordage Park site, which of course is this terrific sort of 40-hour made community where you've got, you know, right waterside, you've got a beautiful housing, 
you got a train that um, was really meant to have a lot of synergy with the community there, but then it was shut down by the Baker administration. And so, you know, we've got to look at Kingston, another transportation community. How is that working for them when the Baker administration's housing priorities have to do with certain rigid requirements around what many things, transportation being one of them. So in, as far as goals go, I'm really looking forward to a deeper collaboration that will benefit my communities and my constituents because it's, it's all a balance and we're really um, in there to, to fight for what our community needs. And, and so I'm, I'm very excited about that moving forward. So we got like a, <clears throat> a minute left and uh, I want to, I, I hope that you have a, a fantastic holiday, big plans for the holiday and any wishes you want to extend to your constituents while you're here. Well, you know, I, I think that, um, you, any opportunity that we have to do two things. One, be with family, and the second one is really try to help out our neighbors. Um, whether it's, uh, we, you know, I've been giving out coats to, to veterans, um, we're giving out coats to police coming up, um, we've given out coats um, at the state house, in fact. People in need, um, are always going to need more. We gave out turkeys. The, the other thing, though, is there really is a need to reach out and find common ground with all of our neighbors and contact your legislators about ideas that, that will make um, our family lives, our work lives easier because we're putting legislation together right now. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to hearing from you more in the new year and in your during your, your new term. And, uh, again, if folks, constituents want to reach out to you uh, for assistance or just to check in, how can they do that? Uh, the best way is email. It's on the State House website. And I want to thank you, uh, Kevin and WATD. You guys do a terrific job of reaching folks. And I'm just really grateful to have been reelected and able to complete the work that I started. There she is, State Senator Susan Moran, joining us from the NDCAP meetings. And uh, we'll have her back on in 2023. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to have to talk toys, toys for one and all. Whitman Area Toy Drive with Donnie Westhaver. You're tuned in to Monday Night Talk here on 95.9 WBTD. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi on 95.9 WATD. If you want a drink, that's your business. If you want to stop, that's for Alcoholics Anonymous. AA is an inclusive fellowship of individuals all around the world. The one thing you need to ask yourself is... Am I ready to do something about my drinking problem? For more information, literature, and videos about Alcoholics Anonymous, go to aa.org. To find a meeting near you, call 617-426-9444 or visit aaboston.org. Each year, about one out of two men and one out of three women will develop cancer. But there's good news. Today's cancer survival odds are much better than two or even three years ago. Things move that fast. So if you're diagnosed, be sure to have someone in your corner who is on top of all the latest cancer treatments and techniques, the latest research, the newest equipment, all the newest medicines available through clinical trials. And speaking of corners, 
Here's more good news. Advanced Cancer Care is now just around the corner. The Green Cancer Center at Signature Healthcare treats patients locally with all oncology services and specialties conveniently housed under one roof. The center is affiliated with Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, so you'll be seen by Harvard medical faculty physicians and oncologists. The Green Cancer Center at Signature Healthcare in affiliation with Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Cancer has just met its match. Find out why at mysignaturecare.org slash cancercare. Find Monday Night Talk on Facebook and share your opinions. Go to 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk. We now return to Kevin Tachi and Monday Night Talk. It's just a quick side note, wrapping up our, our last conversation, the tip of the, the cap to, to Larry Nelson. Uh, we didn't have a chance to pop it in, but uh, he had made notes about uh, the Army Corps of Engineers and, and their thoughts on the bridge, the bridges lasting, you know, possibly... 80 years if we take care of it, but there's such a high level of, of traffic going over it. Who knows if it would last 80 years. On to our next conversation, talking with uh, a good friend who has been on this radio program before. We've done uh, news stories on the organization, and they're giving power and, and assisting families in need, and not just necessarily one community, but the area around the town of Whitman. We have Donnie Westhaver, was one of the founders who took over something that used to, I think it used to be called, it was the Toys for Tots back, way back in the day. And it it was transformed into what it is today, the Whitman Area Toy Drive. Donnie, welcome back to Monday Night Talk. Thanks, Kevin. How are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Am I correct? It was Toys for Tots, yes? Uh, the very first year, yeah, that we did it was Toys for Tots program. But um, we wanted to make sure that we uh, took care of the immediate area of Whitman first and of course then the surrounding Tritown areas and it's branched out from that point. We felt that because there wasn't a marine reserve unit right here in this immediate area that we could pick up the slack of them and then do good for our own communities in the meantime. So. It's worth noting that while we're talking with Donnie about an organization like this that's giving during the holiday season, my many conversations that I've had with him in the past uh, the idea is, is that he hopes he and the group of folks that he works with, the volunteers who who work hard to, you know, collect donations and give back, is it to be something that can be year round if there is such a need? Am I correct, Donnie? Yeah, that's true. Um, it, it's actually morphed into that uh, at this point now, Kevin. Uh, uh, this is actually year twenty-two. It's, I saw it's twenty-two years ago that I started this program. And went from uh, one or two small tables of toys up to 50-plus toys uh, that we do two or three times over again during this whole season. So right now, um, this is this is it. We're, we're pretty busy, and we're getting phone calls left and right to help out these families, you know, from uh, the food pantry right on out to, again, at the convention, the local communities and surrounding areas. Have you seen uh, an uptick from last year or the year before as to the need, especially knowing that we are seeing inflation, we're seeing every the cost of everything going up. Are, are you seeing uh, more people reaching out to your organization? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, COVID put a big strain on everything, too. You know, three years ago, Kevin, when this whole thing started, uh, there were a lot of people out of work, as you all know. You've seen what happened to the economy and just the nation in general. Uh, and in the area, 
had an impact in our area just as bad as any other area. Uh, a lot more folks were in need of help at that time, you know, between uh, businesses closing down and um, uh, families just kind of really uh, at wit's end with themselves with this whole thing. So, uh, and, the, and the other thing that happened, as you all know, we used to let people come right down to our shop, right. down to the uh, VFW Pavilion and go shopping for themselves. But of course, again, because of COVID, that put uh, a strain on folks being able to come in personally and do that because they weren't allowed to touch the toys, um, uh, allowed to, to go through without masks, the whole nine yards. So now what we do is we're doing actually wish list programs. So the people call in, we'll get their names, the, the uh, ages and gender of their children, and basically uh, ask them what their wish list is and then try to provide from that point and then have a, a drive uh, through down at the VFW Pavilion on a Saturday or a given Sunday where last year, for instance, we had probably 100 cars on a Saturday, 100 cars on a Sunday come through. And that's from uh, the beginning of December right on through the, well, uh, December 25th, right on up to Christmas Day. Is it worth asking if, while the the ask and the requests have grown, have you seen the amount of donations diminish or are they keeping up with the, the requests? Uh, right now, it's pretty good. It's keep, keeping up. I, I, like I told you, uh, because of COVID, uh, the first couple of years, anyway, uh, the uh, the 20 and, and 21 season uh, was, was uh, well, it was a slow down for us monetarily-wise because a lot of the clubs weren't in operation. Of course, the uh, we were, a big support is the organizations in town, the civic organizations like the KSC and uh, uh, VFWs, the legions, although they, they weren't, uh, they had no rentals because of COVID. They had no business because of COVID. So we knew that that was going to hurt uh, us monetarily wise because there wouldn't be any money generated because of that. And we weren't able to have our annual uh, toll roads throughout the town for those two years. But we did last year and this year, and uh, we did pretty darn good. Uh, so we feel like we're back there. And yes, we are getting a little bit more help from different people and organizations. Uh, uh, for the toy drive. So we're stay, uh, sustaining ourselves pretty well. It's worth noting, and I said this to the folks prior to you coming uh, on air with us, is that, you know, this, even though there have been bumps in the road and small detours, your organization still thrives. It was a time where you were dealing with medical issues and you had other, some of the other head elves step up and persevere and still keep going with the giving and receiving of donations as well. Uh, yeah, thank God for that. You know, I mean, I I think some people thought when uh, I had my, my physical issues that left me disabled that that was going to be the end of the toy drive. And I said, no, not at all. Uh, we have a, a great crew. I have uh, my partner, Jane Plus, uh, stepped right up to the plate. Yep. She made sure the people down there to do what we had to do. And, uh, it's as strong today, if not even stronger than it was a couple of years ago. And I'm happy to be able to say that because we're able to take care of a lot of families this way. And uh, I believe, from what I'm told, from a lot of people on the outside, that we're probably the biggest toy drive in the South Shore area uh, right now. We have been for a few years. Now, I know that Monica says toys, but my many conversations that I've had with you is that yep. you don't necessarily just give toys. There are other things and other ways that you help families. Can you explain? Yeah, well, um, we do gift cards also. There's a lot of a lot of families um, are looking for a coach, a jacket, uh, 
but just a clothes in particular for their, their children, along with the other needs that have nothing to do with toys. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I didn't want to say it was a toys, clothes, food, slash type drive, but um, it, it's still considered the Whitman Area Trade Drive, which it, it isn't always will be, but we do give our gift cards uh, to like the Stop and Shop, because um, one of my adages is you can't eat a toy, Kevin. So we know that... Uh, the strain that's put on these families at Christmas time that they they're not even be able to, to afford a good decent dinner for Christmas. So we want to be able to provide that also if the need is there for that particular family. Uh, some families are just looking for a couple of things. Some families are just down and out and they're looking for a lot of things. So we try to provide in every way that we can. So no, it's not just toys. It's uh, toys. It's clothes. It's food, um, along with some other things. You know, but uh, we do the best we can. Uh, I'm sure that everybody that we do take care of are, are obviously grateful. I think the the, uh, the most heartwarming thing is the people that we've helped in the past that have gotten back on their feet and now have contributed back to the toy drive. They've given back. Um, Again, if you're just tuning in, we are speaking with uh, one of the lead organizers, uh, one of the uh, the head elves of the Whitman area toy drive as uh, they are out there collecting donations, but they're also uh, assisting families in need. Now, uh, another thing that I also pointed out is I know that in past years, you've had the, there's been the Whitman police uh, stuff a cruiser uh, drive. Now, it's the Whitman police and fire 7th annual stuff a cruiser and an ambulance. This will be all taking place this Sunday, uh, December 4th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's pretty cool. It most certainly is. Matter of fact, it's the seventh uh, seventh annual this year now, and uh, the fire department uh, came on with us, I believe, last year, uh, and they did it one year prior to that. And because of uh, um, other cons, they weren't able to do it. But now they're back full swing with us. So it is the police of fire, the stop of cruise, and it'll be this coming Sunday, uh, December fourth, like mm-hmm. you said, from nine to one. We also, I just found out tonight, as a matter of fact, Kevin, just before you you called. That um, Old Colony House uh, Nursing Home in Abington is sponsoring the Stop the Cruiser by sending the potty barge bubble wagon down to us, which will be available from 9.30 to 11.30 for the families to come down and enjoy also free of charge. Excellent. Is there any, th- any stone that we have not turned over to talk about this particular um, organization and how you assist Individuals in need, families in need, not only in Whitman but in the Whitman area. Uh, no, I pretty much covered it. I, I think uh, what I do try to stress though this time of year, and, and well, <laughs> for the whole drive actually, and we've done it for the last four or five years, we've stressed that we hurt in the teenage areas, like from eleven to fourteen, fifteen year olds. People are constantly asking us, "What can we give you, or what can we get for you, or where where would where can we most?" Uh, where can we be the most helpful for your toy drive? And I tell them, if you can if you can stick with the, the tweens, we call it tweens because it's actually 12 to 15 area. That's where we've heard as far as toys or uh, gift cards for, for them is concerned. We're definitely fluent in um, ages 1 to 10 and maybe even 11. But after that, uh, the tables get a, a little bit skimpy, so it forces us to use a lot of the gift cards that we get and try to purchase um Black Friday, which we did this past Friday, and today, for that matter, um, get as, uh, as many uh, toys and or just for that age possible that we get for the for the money. Um, uh, 
Franklin Sporting Goods, for instance, and Avon, uh, we get a lot of sporting goods from them, and they give us 10 cents on a dollar. For instance, if I spend a thousand or $2,000 with them, they'll give me four or $5,000 worth of uh, sporting goods. So that's what keeps us afloat. It's people like that that help us out that makes this drive what it is. Now, is there also another adjoining organization, whether it's as far as folks who are who are not ambulant, who need assistance getting around? Is there also a, a part of uh, uh, maybe a sister organization? Um, that, that's how to answer. I'm really not sure how to answer that question. Um, um, I mean, if, if people want, if people can't get down there, we find a way to get to them. You know, if, they, if, if you're asking me if, if uh, people are disabled... Uh, are trying to get down to us. We, no, we do have, uh, no, that's, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, is are you looking to assist folks who are in need of, maybe they might be in need of a wheelchair, they might need a way of, of getting around as kind of oh, an extension of an extension of uh, the Whitman Area Toy Drive, but helping those who are not ambulant, those who, who need assistance to be able to get from point A to point B and can't do it with their two legs. Okay, now I understand. Yeah, where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I have another organization that's called uh, Whitman Wheels for Disabled Veterans Thank and you. Citizens. Okay, what I've done there is that happened. Uh, that was about 13 years. I believe it's 13 years this year. It is. Uh, my wife passed away from cancer in 2009, and the VFW put a, a wheelchair ramp on the house for her when she was sick. And um, we took the wheelchair ramp off the house, and I stored it up at the uh, National Guard Army, which is owned by the town now, the fire department. And they gave me a room up there to keep my my goods in to help me out. Um, and, and it, bl- it blossomed from that point of asking for a wheelchair donation, which we had uh, uh, from my wife's uh, donation. Now I get uh, powered wheelchairs. I get uh, uh, manual wheelchairs, wheelchair ramps, commodes, uh, canes, walkers, you name it. Uh, I get that all donated for, uh, for nothing. And that goes out to families and individuals that can't afford it. You know, if they don't have the insurance to cover it. They give me a call. If I have it, I'll get it for them. If I don't, I try to find a way to get it to them. And again, all for your charge. Now, here's here's the important information we want to get out. If okay. there is, if individuals, if, if families want to find out more as to whether they want to give and they want to donate, or if there's a family in need, whether it's a, for toys, holiday items, or someone needs a commode or yep. a wheelchair... Is there information, a website, is there a Facebook page, or a phone number to help them? Yes, uh, uh, all three. They can they can notify me. They can get message me on Facebook. They can go right into Johnny West and use my messaging uh, system there. I also have the uh, Whitman Area Toy Drive as a page uh, on, on Facebook. Uh, I also have Whitman Wheels for Disabled Veterans. Those those three sites are all on Facebook, and they can uh, Facebook me personally if they want to, which is uh, probably even easier because the personal touch. I always get back to everyone, and I go over their needs, and uh, we take it from there. Excellent. And again, a reminder, if you happen to be out and about this weekend and you want to assist this cause, the Whitman Police and Fire 7th Annual Stuff, a Cruiser and Ambulance, it's going to be taking place at the Whitman Police Station. That's Essex Street this Sunday, December 4th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. There'll be a cruiser there. There'll be an ambulance in the parking lot. And they'll also not only accept gifts, but they'll accept gift cards. Uh, Donnie, I want to thank you so much for joining me and, and sharing information about this this organization. Anything you want to say to wrap a big 
pre-bo uh, around this uh, segment? Well, one thing I didn't mention was uh, we are a 501c3, and, uh, uh, a not-for-profit uh, organization. Mm -hmm. We have a five-star rating with the Attorney General's Office in Boston um, for what we do. Uh, and um, just God bless the people that really need help this year and that have, uh, that have needed help in the past, may need even help in the future, whether it's toys or it is uh, medical-type equipment. And I'm just happy that we are able to do that. And I'm fortunate uh, that I'm able to get around and still do what I have to do. Uh, and if that's somebody's in need, um, yeah, reach out. Well, we want to thank you, Donnie, you and uh, all of uh, your organizers, all the folks who are involved with the Whitman area toy drive, continued success, continued uh, to see donations even in these tough times. And and, and uh, God bless you and uh, the organization for all the people that you help. Thank you very much, Kevin. It was a pleasure talking with you. You got it. There he is, Donnie Westhaver, one of the uh, head elves for the Whitman area toy drive, our guest for this segment. Oh, my goodness. That concludes the first hour of Monday Night Talk. Where the heck did it go? Well, I'll tell you. There's another hour straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. Go grab a drink from the fridge. Sit on down and join us for hour number two here on 95.9 WATD. You are tuned into Monday Night Talk. FM Marshfield, WBMS Brockton. The South Shore's first choice for live team coverage of breaking news, emergency traffic, and severe weather. WATD. Streaming online at 959WATD.com. And with your smart speaker, just by saying play WATD. Fingers do the shopping on Cyber Monday, which should generate over $11 billion, which is good, not great. Guilty plea by white gunmen who killed 10 black people in Buffalo. The truth is, racism is America's national pastime. Water boil order in Houston, Texas. Out of an abundance of caution, the decision was made to do it. This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition. I'm Jennifer Kuyper in Chicago. We're expected to drop more than $11 billion on holiday gifts today, Cyber Monday. Analysts say they are there are bargains to be had. CBS News correspondent Jared Hill with Eric Matisoff of Adobe Analytics. A lot of stores received extra stock and are now willing to cut prices. Over the weekend, Adobe Analytics saw discounts of around 15% on apparel and 34% off toys. For Cyber Monday, we're expecting discounts as high as 32% on computers. Jared Hill, CBS News, New York. President Biden is calling on Congress to act to avert a possible rail strike. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says they will take up the legislation this week. CBS's Steve Dorsey in Washington. The president wants Congress to pass legislation to block a railroad strike that could happen December 9th. Contract talks between freight rail companies and four unions have stalled over health care benefits and time off policies. The white gunman who killed 10 black people at a Buffalo supermarket has pleaded guilty to murder and hate-motivated terrorism charges. 19-year-old Peyton Gendry will serve a life sentence with no chance of parole. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown says there was no question of guilt. The penalty 
for this horrific crime is for this individual never, ever to see the light of day again. More than 2 million people in the Houston, Texas area are under a boil water notice after a power outage at a water purification plant caused low water pressure. Tony Crawford stocked up on water at a local water. We have our under boiling water thing, so I have pets, so I decided to come up here and get the water. Schools were also closed today. In Hawaii, officials on the Big Island are advising people with breathing problems to stay inside because of volcanic activity. CBS's Vladimir Dutier reports. Mount Anoa started spewing lava on Sunday night for the first time in about 40 years. The National Weather Service in Honolulu says the ash fall could reach up to a quarter of an inch on some parts of the island. Some residents have chosen to self-evacuate. Our Jim Crisula has the latest on green sprouts recalling more than 10,000 bottles and cups for toddlers. The Asheville, North Carolina-based company has learned that children could be exposed to material containing lead if the base breaks off. There have been seven reports of that happening. The recalled products were available at Bye Bye Baby and Whole Foods stores as well as on Amazon from January 2020 through September of this year. On Wall Street, the Dow closed down 498 points. Now this. This hour's newscast is presented by Rocket Mortgage. Need to know what it takes for a home loan to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. Overnight into early Tuesday morning, quite a bit colder. The winds will gradually diminish under a clear sky. A low of 31. We start out freezing cold Tuesday. High pressure to the north. Sunshine, a few coastal clouds along the south shore, chilly, a high of 44. Tuesday night, fair, and the temperature dropping into the mid and upper 30s will start to rise late at night as a stronger storm system approaches from the west and tracks to our north, keeping us on its milder side, a thickening overcast, a shower, some rain late in the day Wednesday as that storm Really packs a punch with winds gusting to 50 miles an hour and higher, bringing down tree limbs, some trees, even power lines, into Wednesday evening with heavy downpours, the rain ending overnight. Thursday, on this roller coaster temperature track, December arriving with a gusty wind in the Canadian air, much colder, even with some sunshine in the mid 40s, it'll feel like the mid and upper 20s. Friday, the wind gradually diminishes with sunshine, the high 45. For WATD, I'm meteorologist Rob Gilman. Invest your time in listening to Cape Retirement Radio and learn a smarter approach to investing so you can protect your future. Cape Retirement Radio, featuring Chris Latond, Thursday nights at 6.15 and Sunday mornings at 10 on 95.9 WATD. Download the Monday Night Talk podcast from iTunes for free. Just search for Monday Night Talk WATD. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. All right, later this hour, sorry, I'm teasing it backwards here, but to preview, we'll have uh, Michelle McGrath from McGrath PR and Media Consulting in. Uh, talking about a, a bunch of different uh, holiday events, not only the Pilgrim Festival Chorus presents. Oh, bear with me, folks. Here, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to do this phonetically here. Uh, Shoya Noel doing holiday concerts, and as well as the Americana Theater Company, they they can do a new spin on a holiday classic, Americana Americana Christmas Carol talk about that and if you're into ballet the south shore ballet theater presents the nutcracker but
Katz right now. We have a friend who's been in many, many times. She's also someone who's her and her husband, Adam Bond, have done their own radio show from time to time, on and off. Uh, people before politics, yada yada yada. People before party. Oh, okay. <laughs> Same thing though, isn't it? No. Nope. But technically, yeah, you're right. <laughs> people before party. party. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but she is here to talk with us about Auntie Maine. This is going to be a joint production between the Rogue Theater Company. Yes. And the True Repertory Theater. Um. So right now we're doing a little. A little tweaking here because she can't hear in her headphones. Can you no, not hear? I can't hear anything. You can't hear anything. Like somebody with a bad cold. Okay. Is that a little bit better right oh, there? My, my, my. Is that better? <gasps> there you are. And, 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 and she's not alone. She's got uh, Brian Kennerson. Mm-hmm. He is here, and he, they are here to talk a little bit about the upcoming production of Auntie Mae. And there's, there's a story we've had. We've had Victoria on to talk about how special this show is mm-hmm. and now I believe you the last time you were here yes we promoted the show yes but this dastardly pandemic somehow intervened it did it did yeah we were we were last time I was here was May and we were getting ready to open and uh, just about three days before we were going to open um there, there were several people in the cast who uh, came down with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, as a you know, out of the interest of in safety and health of uh, the cast as well as the community, we really felt that we needed to uh, to cancel the production, which was painful to do. Uh, we were ready, you know, the lights were up, we had teched everything. It was it was it was a financial loss. It was a, you know, it was a tough emotional <laughs> loss, but. It happens. It's it's theater in in the era of COVID, unfortunately. So uh, we have persevered, and now here we are in our next season. And uh, this is the second show that we're doing uh, with the True Rep season. Mm-hmm. We started with Misery, which just uh, played at the end of October, did incredibly well, and now we will have Auntie Mame. And I know there's so much uh, there's so much going on out there in the theater community, and I do have to say it's uh, it's fabulous. I'm so glad that everybody is out there and everybody is producing. I'm glad that people have all kinds of choices uh, for their holiday fare. But I will say. Auntie Maine is a very <laughs> special choice. It doesn't. It's not done very often. It's a play that is not done very often, um, and uh, it, so it, it's it's a unique experience for audiences out there. And it's a wonderful comedy. It is a wonderful comedy, and it's a great holiday show. I think myself personally. I completely agree. Thank you, Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So introduce <laughs> Brian, and, and what yes. is what is Brian's role? Is he just is he just one of the cast, or is he somehow part of Brian? the True Rep Rogue <laughs> Theater Company family? Brian Kennison. Brian is um, actually a godsend. Uh, Brian uh, is going to be. Too kind. He's <laughs> playing uh, Vera Charles, and he is also uh, costuming, uh, mm-hmm. doing. Uh, Costuming, absolutely, Fantastic. of the yeah. show. Um, That's and, fun, right uh, there. Yeah, costuming. Oh yeah, and, and it's just, it takes something special, especially if you if you're going for period. I don't have to tell you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is the first show that I've costumed in since 2018. <gasps> I know. Gasp. So it's it, it's been a minute. It's it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Mame is fun because the show takes place over, like I'd say about 15 years. 
Oh, yeah, it's well, yeah, probably yeah. a bit more than that, even when you add in that last scene. Oh, that's know, true, closer to 20. Yeah, because Patrick's all grown up at that point. So, right? yeah. So yeah. you have the, so the fun of like flapper dresses at the beginning and the like the roaring 20s. Then by the end, it's, I think, 1948. It's 20 years. You're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, so like, it's it's a big time difference. It's a really fun show to costume. Yes. And Vera Charles is a role that I've always wanted to play. She is just an absolute blast. Yes. Vera Charles is Auntie Mame's best friend. And one of the great ladies of the American theater. Yeah, or so she thinks. That's right. <laughs> so, give us, <laughs> so give us the backstory to Auntie Mame. What, what is the what is the plot? Oh, so the plot of Auntie Mame. So Auntie Mame is, centers around the relationship between Auntie Mame and her nephew Patrick Dennis. Uh, so young Patrick Dennis is uh, finds himself orphaned, um, and uh, his father, who was Auntie Mame's brother, passes away rather suddenly, um, and he has to go live with his Auntie Mame in New York City. Mame is a very eccentric and kind of wild lady. Um, So she sort of opens doors and windows in this young man's life and, you know, her philosophy of of, for life is, you know, life is a life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. Right. So, you know, (laughs) you got to live. You know, that's what she likes to say. So. um, so it's really about their relationship and the two, you know, is sort of finding their way, you know. And the brother was very conservative, and he made it sure he put it in his will that there was going to be a Mr. Babcock who was going to be appointed as trustee of Young Patrick to make sure that you know his sister didn't do anything too crazy or eccentric with his, you know, his son. So uh, there's a push and pull between those two characters, but it's really about, uh, you know, uh, it's really about embracing life. It's a, it's mm-hmm. it's a very life affirming show. It really is about sort of taking all that comes at you, even the bad stuff, and just dealing with it with as much positivity and fun as you can, um, which is a great message right now. Do you feel, does it does it resonate with the cast? And are you hoping that it's something that will resonate with the audience? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And I, th- yes. Do, don't you think so? I do. I do. How um, does it resonate with you? So, <laughs> <laughs> I have a long, sorted history with MAME. I did the musical MAME in high school. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I had never heard of it before. We were supposed to do fame. They just changed the first letter. <laughs> <laughs> we end up doing name. Uh, and I, I loved the story. And I didn't know that it was based on a play. And there are so many iterations of this story. Mm-hmm. And even today, like in the last 10 years, there was a movie with Kate Hudson called Raising Helen, which is based on the book Mame. There's a uh, Tilda Swinton is it's doing supposed to be doing another uh, film version of Auntie Mame. Supposedly. Yeah, it, supposedly, I think it's been <laughs> sidetracked a couple of times, but yeah, it's one of those. She's a character. Uh, she's an iconic character. Audiences really love the show, and they love this character. Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. I think it will resonate with audiences, mm. and I, it is. It's just it's a very positive, uplifting, and it's funny. It's yes. a really funny. Play. It's. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. night. Just go out, have a good time, and have some good belly laughs. Not to go off topic. I, we'll stay on topic here. But how, how do you feel about seeing something that's designed for stage be memorialized in film? And sometimes I'm going to cite Rent. Look what happened with Rent when it was. They tried to take it from the stage production to doing it as in film, and it was like. Mm. Well, 
Yeah. This, I, I will say, the original film, uh, because th this show was uh, in wonderful hands in Rosalind Russell. Yes. She was on Broadway. She you know, she create, basically created the role uh, and was a huge hit on Broadway. She did the film, um, and she was amazing in the film. Um, I don't... I, why anyone is trying to remake it, honestly, I, please... Uh, it's what they do these days. I know, I yeah. know. But it's, let's retread. I, let's retread the wheel. Even I know. If, but I mean, Rosalind Russell is Auntie Mae. Yes, I she, mean, is. she really is. So there's, you know, I, I, th I love the film. I mean, the, my mother and I used to watch the film all the time, hmm. and you know, I, it was I, I would laugh ourselves silly, and you know, and so that is actually why we're doing the play. I, you know, for people who don't. Uh, yeah, you yeah. you pegged this the segue, and that is is you know talk to me about how special this show is when it comes to family, especially sure. your mother. And there's more to this than just your mother because there is something special going on yep. regarding this show. Absolutely. So, yeah, so my mother did. She loved the, the she loved the movie. She used to, you know, I, I had a theater company, so she was always sending me a check every year with a note that said, <laughs> to the future Auntie Mame. You know, and she always oh. was saying, when are you going to do that play? I want you to be Auntie Mame. So I never did get to do it. She passed away in January of 2020. Um, so we are actually going to be uh, taking $5 of every ticket and uh, donating it to uh, Beth Israel Deaconess uh, Plymouth, their senior behavioral health unit, which is where my mother was uh, when she passed. Um, so, yeah, so it's a way to sort of give back and thank the people who took such good care of her. Let's talk, uh, Brian, a little bit about Donald Sheehan. Donald, who is who is directing this, um, and he's also, he's in it. Yes, yes, he yeah, is. He is. Uh, so, Donald is the uh, founder of True Repertory Theater. Correct. Um, I I met Donald in 2016, um, and what, what I love about Donald, what I've always loved about working with him, is that he will approach something in a very non-traditional way. Uh, my first show with him was Into the Woods, and he cast me as the witch, <laughs> which cool. I mean, is a dream role for anyone. Super cool, yeah. Yeah, it was fabulous. Um, and he's... He's not only directing the show, he's also playing Ito, uh -huh. who is Mame's butler, Mame's fabulous butler, uh -huh. uh, who's very sassy and always has a yes. really quick retort. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, you know, kind of sounds like Donald now that I'm talking about it. Actually. Yes, yes, it's a little Don't tell me he said that. Okay. <laughs> I won't say a word. Again, if you are just uh, tuning in, uh, we are privileged that we're talking about uh, Rogue Theater Company and True Repertory Theater. Presenting Auntie Mame, uh, and this is coming up. Uh, opening performance is December 9th. Uh, it'll run through uh, the, the um, 11th, and I believe it's also the 17th. Is it four performances? Am I correct here? Yeah, I got Six. nine, ten. Oh, no, I'm sorry, nine, ten, eleven. Mm -hmm. And then you have. Uh, the seventeenth and eighteenth. Yes. Is that correct? So we're, the the ninth, uh, the ninth and the tenth, Friday and Saturday night are the only uh, those those are the only eight p.m. performances. Yeah, matinees. So uh, Sunday the eleventh, we will have a two o'clock matinee as well as a six thirty p.m. performance. That way, people get out nice and early. Fantastic. It's a Sunday night. Got dinner. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, the following Saturday and Sunday, we will have two o'clock matinees um, only. No nighttime performances the last weekend. 
Oh. People are busy. Well, you know, people are busy, and it's uh, it, there's other things going on. So we really are. You know, we work out of the Beale House, which is 222 Main Street in Kingston, and they have uh, something going on that Saturday night. Um, so uh, yeah, so it just worked out this way. But I think it's a good thing because honestly, you can come enjoy the show, mm-hmm. and it's a show that you know I, I think uh, will attract uh, you know a, a lot of, a variety of people, but certainly anybody who's in sort of that older crowd. Uh, they can come, they can go to the matinee, they can drive home in the daylight mm-hmm. and not have to drive home in the dark, which I know, like my father, that's that's a bus, you know, that's a bonus. He's like, that's great. I can go to the matinee. It's <laughs> <So>. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. and, and some folks, maybe, again, go out to dinner afterwards. Absolutely. It's not a bad idea. It, absolutely. Make a little whole day of it, right? Again, voice of uh, Victoria Bond, who will be starring as Auntie Mame, mm-hmm. and uh, Brian Kennerson. Is also here as he's got a role in it. Also going to be the costumer for this particular production. Uh, how is it becoming? How has it been coming along uh, as far as the cast? Because every cast is unique unto itself. Yeah. I do see a returning name, and I see a lot of South Shore folks who are part of this production. Yes, there are there are folks from uh, Dorchester, from Quincy, from I'm from all over the South Shore. Yep. Um, uh, and it's a great cast of people, honestly. Uh, such talented. Uh, there's a, just a tremendous amount of talent. And a lot of these people were in the May production. Um, some of them weren't in the May production, like Brian. <laughs> so it's, it, and people have switched parts from May to now, but it's all worked out in such a, a lovely way. And I think everybody, honestly, is just having a lot of fun. Yes. I really would say that that to me is the uh, is the most uh, uh, what I'm enjoying the most is everybody's really having a good time you know we had a a tech day yesterday where we were building the set and it was everybody was in the room everybody was doing something you know and and actually while I'm on that point um, I want to thank the Lowe's in Kingston because uh, they they really came through for us and donated some uh, materials that we needed to help build our set. Um, so I just want to mention the good people at Lowe's because they really helped us out. Well, again, what's, yeah, I've over the years I've done community theater. It's been a long time mm-hmm. uh, because I work one too many jobs and don't sleep as well as I used to. But there's nothing like a community production getting together. And it's from... You know, being the, the auditions to, you know, doing the blocking to, you know, getting fit for your costume to building, helping to paint the set mm-hmm. or, you know, being a part of that. And who's going to be backstage to make sure the props are getting in the right hands and they're going to be out there. It's it really is a all hands pulling in the same direction, working together to put on a performance that will be memorable for folks to remember for years to come. Remember when we went and saw mm-hmm, Auntie Mame mm-hmm. over the Beale House? Absolutely. No, it's true. And, you know, that we've got some folks that have volunteered their time that, have, you know, some people that have never been involved with theater before. My nephew, Andrew, who I'm going to give a big shout out to, Andrew Canelli, <laughs> who, you know, he's helping, uh, he was out helping build sets. And he said to me after yesterday, he said, I can't believe how much work goes into a show. He's like, I had no idea. And most people don't. You go, you see, oh, it's a nice set. You think, oh, it just came that way. Sure. No. Yeah. <laughs> now, so. now, does does 
True Repertory, do you strike the set after the last show, or do you wait a couple of days and then take it down? Uh, That's a great question. It, de- it really depends on uh, our, our schedule and whether or not we've got the truck and whether or not we can get it over to the storage space. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes we wait a couple of days, but it, it all gets struck. It just may be in the side of the room waiting, you know, until we can get the truck to take it to the storage space. So, yeah. Oh, I asked because, I, again, I've been a part of productions where once I got my costume off and... We all did the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the bows. It yeah. was like, all right, grab a hammer. Let's go. We're going to we're taking this thing down yeah. because it's going to be, uh, you know, this, this space is going to be used tomorrow morning. Right. Right. Absolutely. That does happen. And it's kind of heartbreaking how quickly it, it goes. <laughs> I, I think it's also worth noting, and Brian, you, you're welcome to, to speak to this. Um, you know, we can go into Boston and see a fantastic show. Spent all that money, not only for the tickets... But also to park, and probably have to walk a few a few blocks. Um, how great is it to have such a great theater community here on the South Shore? It's fabulous. It's fabulous. There's such great theater on the South Shore of Massachusetts, um, and I missed it. I lived in New York for a little while, and I moved back during the pandemic. So this is my first foray like back into theater in a really long time. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's great. I've been to see a couple shows here in the area, and like it's fabulous to see groups that I worked with years ago. Like they're back, and to see friends performing, and now to be part of this show. What makes this one so special to me, mm-hmm. if I may, is that it really is an ensemble. Yes. Like this is a show with forty-two characters. We have twelve actors. Holy cow playing yeah. all of these characters. Yeah. It's fantastic. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Everybody is so talented. It's it's great. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, you, they can walk off as one person and then come back two minutes later <laughs> as somebody totally different, yeah. which is great. It's a lot of fun. Are you like me if you go to a production, regardless if it's if it's a theater performance or music, and knowing that you were somebody who you've been on stage or you've been backstage... Do you watch all the things that are going on, or, are you, or do you sink yourself into the performance? What kind of a person are you? Uh, I try to just sit back and watch the story. I can't do it. Um, no. I watch things. I'll notice things. And it just, it just yeah. But if I see a petticoat under a hemline, I'm like, oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? That doesn't belong there. She's kicking her face, but I can see that petticoat. <laughs> Yeah, you'd enjoy this this production. Yeah. We've, we're we're bringing back we're bringing back a, a bit of the Greek the Greek tradition of theater <laughs> with our set. Well, now I know that. Now, is this a, um? Do you have different set pieces that you'll have to move around so, throughout, or is it a, one of the challenges? One act. Of, yeah, right, so one of the challenges of Maine. There's several challenges with the with the show Auntie Mame. She's uh she's a wealthy woman who uh, loves fashion. She's got a ton of costumes. She's got uh she her she's got taste, you know, where she's changing her apartment every ten minutes. She travels all to all these different locations. So set wise, you've got to change that set. So it really was a challenge for us to try and figure out how we were going to do that. And we uh, and we have come up with a, I think a, a really interesting uh, way of handling it, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's all that I'll say. And people that's have to terrifying. people have to come and see how it works. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It because is. It, it's it's actually going to be I think somewhat magical. I really do. That is the word I was going to use. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Seeing it come together yesterday, I was like, this is magic. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is. Now I believe that you are going to. Uh, you're gonna whet their appetite, okay? Right, give a little, <laughs> little bit of a 
theatrical appetizer, mm-hmm. and you are actually going to do a. Do you want to set up this scene that sure. you you and Brian uh, yeah, are going to do? We're just going to do part of a scene, uh, yeah, uh, between Auntie Mame and her best friend Vera Charles. Uh, so, uh, oh, Vera. Yes, before this, <laughs> before this scene. Uh, uh, Vera and Auntie have spent uh, the night before uh, partying quite a bit, yes. and uh, as Auntie likes to say, uh, your Auntie's hung, <laughs> so, so she's got a bit of a head on. It's two in the afternoon, <laughs> uh, and she gets a phone call from uh, Mr. Babcock, the trustee that she has skillfully been avoiding four days uh, and uh, he wants to uh, come and talk to her about young Patrick's education so uh, that that's that's where we'll pick the scene up with that phone call all right so here here you have it a scene from Auntie Mame with Victoria Bond and Brian Kennerson take it away Oh, hello, Mr. Babcock. Well, how nice it is to hear your voice at long last. Well, I, too, am looking forward with anticipation to meeting you. Oh, the little lad is fine. He's just fine. Well, he, too, can't wait to meet you. Uh, please do stop by, Mr. Babcock, any time. In how many minutes? Uh, well, yes, uh, 57th Street is right in my uh, neck of the woods. <laughs> Spitting distance? How vivid. Uh, come right along. Uh, well, then you can join me for breakfast. Uh, uh, tea. Uh, number three, Beekman Place. Uh, right away. Vera, Vera. Oh, get in here. Did you call me, darling? Oh, I'm about to be attacked by the Knickerbocker Bank. Oh, that's lovely. Why in hell did you let that flaming footman sleep in my best lavant? Oh, he tried to get it off you, but you bit him. Oh. Patrick's trustee is on his way over here. It's ruined. Absolutely ruined. Some hideous creature who's coming here to thwart all of the plans I've made for the boy's cultural enlargement. He's coming here in the middle of the night... My God, that moon is bright. Oh, don't be silly, Vera. Don't you realize some horrible man is descending like a vulture to rob me of my child? Mame, you are being utterly hysterical. I've got to make the right impression. You have no idea how conservative the Knickerbocker Bank is. It's so conservative they don't pay any interest at all. All right, let's get organized. What time is it? My God, what day is it? (gasps) Blessed Mother of Maud Adams. I was due at the Theatre Guild an hour ago. Oh, you can't desert me in my predicament, Vera. Look at my face. What on earth am I going to wear? Well, how am I going to face the theater guild? The way I look, I couldn't even understudy a witch in Macbeth. Oh, that's just like you, Vera. My life is uh, about to be blown to bits and all you can think about is your career. Uh, Will this make me look like a Scarsdale matron? Have you been to Scarsdale? Oh, Oh, do the Jane Cowell routine. You know, conservative dress, Madonna-like hairdo. Madonna-like hairdo, that's it. A switch, a switch. Have you got one? Oh, dozens. My God, don't you ever throw anything away? Well, who knows when I may go back to one of these colors. Well, if you kept your hair natural the way I if do, I you would If I kept my hair natural the way you do, I'd be bald. Oh. Would you pick out one of the one that's nearest to mine? Oh, try this. And you need a dress, like the one I wore when I played Lady Esme in Summer Folly. Oh, that is stunning. Oh, isn't it? It's my new Maggie roof. Oh, but I haven't even had it on yet. Oh, I'll be damned if I'm going to put $500 on my back for that awful man. A suit, a suit, that'll do. Oh, help me braid this switch so it looks like a halo. Oh, I've got to get over to the guild. Oh, Vera, you can't desert me. Me. You should be helping me. Do you want me to 
lose this part. Oh, it's a lovely, lovely play where everybody is um strange. Strange, inter, inter, inter... Mm. Course? Oh, for God's sake, no. They're opening in Boston. I do hope Lawrence and Terry don't think I'm too British for the part. They'll probably give it to that Lynn What's-her-name. Oh, oh, no. The bell. Not already. Uh, Ito, Nora, answer the door. Oh, I've got to get out before he gets in. Oh, well, you can't leave. I can't leave him standing out in the foyer like a fuller brush man. Well, what do you want me to do? Fly oh, out the uh, chimney? sake. Oh, you can't expect oh, me to appear before my public well, looking like I've been slipped in. Name, you just don't understand the responsibility of being in the public eye. Oh, Patrick, you go make Mr. Babcock right at home just the way Auntie Mame taught you. Oh, but the theater killed. What am I going to do with this goddamn halo? So, you just heard a snippet of Auntie Mame. <laughs> Curtain goes up on December 9th. Beale House, 222 Main Street, Kingston. Remember, December 9th and 10th, 8 p.m. shows. Uh, I believe it's 6.30. Uh, December 11th is at 6.30. 6.30. Mm-hmm. And then December 17th and 18th, those are matinees at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. If folks want tickets... They can go to our website, which is www.row... What am I saying? True Rep Theater. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It is, yeah, a, it is a collaboration. TrueRepTheater.com. Um, and tickets are $25 general admission and $22 for seniors and students. And remember, $5 of each ticket will go to the Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital, a senior behavioral health unit. Bravo. Thank you so much, uh, Brian Kenderson, Victoria Bond. Get your tickets. See Auntie Mae. Thank you so much. Thank you so Thank much, you. Kevin Tachi. Thank you. You're probably all going, oh, well, that's it, right? No, no, this is still more show. We're going to step aside <laughs> just for a moment. You are tuned into Monday Night Talk here on 95.9 WAT. Stay tuned. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi, on 95.9 WATD. You like my new car? I like that new car smell. What is that infernal binging? Oh, it's part of the driver assist. Standard equipment nowadays. Assist? Yeah, watch. Hey, cut that out. You're you're way too close. Yeah, it's, it's telling me that. See the text? Watch out! What was that? You were driving too close. That truck snapped back a rock. And now I have a cracked windshield? You know, your mother was a way better driver assist. Please, kindly check your windshield. I'm Peter Brown from Tiny and Sons Glass. We replace your windshield and insurance pays. 1-888-64-TINIES. Just call. And thank you. Well wishes and cheerful tidings are one thing, but after a year of good behavior, we're all wondering, what's in Santa's bag? Listen December 1st through the 16th for Santa and his bells, and be the correct caller to identify the toy you'll hear about in a classic commercial. And you'll get a nice new prize from your station for all seasons, 95.9 WATD. Monday Night Talk on Twitter. Start at 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk. And don't forget to add hashtag Monday Night Talk to your tweets. We now return to Kevin Tachi and Monday Night Talk. 
And we return for the final segment of Monday Night Talk, heard here on 95.9 WATD. Again, hope you had a, a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday and uh, extended weekend, whether you're out shopping for holidays, uh, whatever it may be. And we are now in the full throngs of the holiday season. And why not talk about some of the great things that are happening in and around the South Shore when it comes to holiday festivities, uh, joining us as she does a quarterly conversation. We talk about some of the things that some of the clients she represents. We have Michelle McGrath, founding president of McGrath PR Media Relations. Also, I might add uh, a little addendum in there, best-selling author of the Creative Table Cookbook, if you're looking for like a holiday gift, this might be a good gift. So welcome (laughs) back to the radio program, Michelle. Well, hello there, Kevin. It's so nice to be present here with you again. Well, I I, I hope you had a great uh, great holiday, a great Thanksgiving. I did, thank you so much. And I hope you and your family did as well. We we did indeed, it was a a busy weekend. No, Uh, I bet. (laughs) So we have multiple things to talk about. but first off, how, how is everything as far as uh, uh, McGrath PR and media relations? How are things these days as far as getting the word out about some of the great things happening in and around yeah. some of your clientele? Well, everything has been booming lately. It's really exciting um, to see all of my uh, performing arts and uh, culture clients, you know, kind of recover from the pandemic and get back into their performance mode. Um, and so that makes for a very exciting holiday season ahead. Um, So uh, with performance, of course, um, there's a saturation around the holiday season and Christmas. And so we have a chock full calendar this year on the South Shore with performance and cultural activities that go hand in hand with winter, Christmas and the holidays. Well, let's let's dig right in. Let's uh, let's first talk about this coming uh, start kicking off this Friday. Yes. Uh, running through the weekend is the Pilgrim Festival Chorus, which presents, and I hope I say, I'm saying this right, Joya Noel holiday concerts. Pretty darn close. Well done, sir. <laughs> Joya Noel is seasonal music of France that's being performed by Pilgrim Festival Chorus, where I also have the privilege to sing. Um, and those performances happen on Friday, December 2nd, 3rd at 7.30 p.m. And the 4th at 4 p.m., so a matinee on Sunday. And I have to tell you, this was one of my first programs I ever sang with Pilgrim Festival Chorus 14 years ago and is one of my favorite programs ever. It is Christmas music of France, but the, the, the major works that are included, it's classical concert for the holidays, is uh, Saison's Christmas Oratorio and Charpentier's Messe de Mouille, de Mouille Noël. Let me correct that. Messe de Mouille pour Noël um, are just two beautiful pieces of music that completely bring the audience into the sense of the season. And then the performance wraps up um, with a selection of French Christmas carols, which you wouldn't actually consider to be French if you heard them. They're definitely very familiar um, music in the United States. So um, 
you know, such stunning work that you would really enjoy um, of all ages. So I highly recommend coming out for that. And that's being held at St. Bonaventure Parish in Plymouth, which is our host uh, performance venue. Um, and there's uh, going to be the use of pipe organ or, I'm sorry, console organ and piano in that concert. It's a really wonderful program. I highly recommend it. Let's talk a little bit about the the Pilgrim Festival Chorus and its artistic directors who will be leading the chorus uh, on the second, third and fourth. Sure. So Pilgrim Festival Chorus is led by William Richter, um, who is the conductor, and Elizabeth Riley, who is the accompanist, and they together are the artistic directors of the chorus. Um, uh, The chorus usually ranges in the in the vicinity of between 60 to 80 community singers um, it is a community chorus and it is the most beautiful music that you can have in the region um, uh, the pilgrim festival chorus is the the region's principal community choral ensemble so um, if you have a love for for choral music this is this is the place to to enjoy it Let's talk a little bit about the acoustics uh, in uh, St. Bonaventure Parish, sure, uh, yeah. because, you, you know, you can have, you know, a, a collective group that is is tight. But I think what really is like the the icing on the cake, the uh, you know, whatever you want to use for an analogy. But I think that wherever you are holding these concerts also adds a little bit to the performance. Yeah, it's a really spectacular place. We've sung a lot, a lot of different locations, often churches, because churches by nature, um, architecturally, are generally built to accommodate the music that's going to occur in them. Um, and St. Bonaventure's in particular is really beautiful with these big, tall, arched um, wooden um, structure that holds about 350 people, if I were to guess, um, and allows just the space and the acoustics to really round out a very rich sound. It's one of my favorite performance spaces, actually. Now, I believe, are you performing with the Pilgrim Festival Chorus for this particular concert? This is is a really special one for me because it was my very first Christmas concert with uh, Pilgrim Festival Chorus 14 years ago, and I actually am repeating the solos that I sang um, in that first original concert in this performance also. Is there is there a particular solo that you're looking forward to performing or do we want to kind of keep that uh, under, <laughs> uh, under wraps? Because, you know, uh, again, we want folks to turn out for this. Well, uh, I'll tell you, I have um, a few of the many solos that are across the two classical works. Um, luckily for me, I have the two alto solos that close the Charpentier work, which are very beautiful and wraps up kind of the classical portion of the concert. So it's a very special treat for me to be able to be, you know, the final soloist there. Um, And that's as part of a trio also. Um, In the Saint Sans piece that happens as the opener, um, there's a beautiful quintet. All of our soloists are drawn from the chorus for these um, for these performances, and they're very talented people. There's many music educators and singing teachers and all kinds of really high quality um, vocalists in amongst the chorus. So we're able to draw those from the ensemble. Um, and sometimes we also hire, um, you know, soloists for very special works, but we have so many wonderful singers right now that we're able to draw them right from within the chorus. 
We've already caught folks attention and they're already trying to think of, you know, different performances that they want to go to. And this one happens to be one they want to mark their calendar for. Um, how about as far as information, if they want to buy tickets in advance uh, and uh, times that this, these the concerts will be taking place on uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday? Absolutely. So um, tickets are available at the door to capacity. But if you want to plan ahead to ensure that the concert is not sold out, you may visit pilgrimfestivalchorus.org and you can um, either purchase from PFC members of the chorus if, if you happen to be a friend of one. And they will also be available at the door, as I mentioned, up to capacity. Uh, one okay. special um, you know, note to make here is that children that are age 14 and under attend all Pilgrim Festival chorus concerts for free, which is a really nice um, treat, especially for large families where it's difficult for them to afford going to concerts with their entire family and to expose their children to wonderful quality music. You can just purchase a couple of adult tickets, also very affordable um, at um, $25 for adults, $20 for seniors, and $15 for students that are over 14. And then any child under 14 attends for free. So that's a really wonderful gift. It's also worth noting that uh, both Friday and Saturday's performances are at 7.30 p.m. and you have somewhat of a, um, a matinee uh, performance on Sunday the 4th, which is at 4 p.m. Can I actually say that, that it's a 4 p.m. matinee? Yes, I, I would consider a matinee anything up till 5 p.m., so I agree. Just wanted to make sure. So, again, <laughs> uh, that's the Pilgrim Festival Chorus uh, presents Joya Noel, their holiday concerts taking place at St. Bonaventure Parish, 803 State Road in Plymouth. And, again, we are speaking with Michelle McGrath, founding president of McGrath PR and Media Relations, and, again, a best-selling author of the Creative uh, table cookbook. Uh, <laughs> let's 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 move on to talking about performances on the stage. Uh, I've had the privilege of of interviewing some of the folks from uh, Americana Theater in the past, yeah. and uh, haven't had a chance to get out to show. Hopefully, one of these days I can. This oh. could be a show that is enticing. An Americana Christmas Carol. Give me the details on this. Well, this is a really special treat because two of the founding artistic directors, um, Derek Grant Martin and Jesse Sullivan, they are very wonderful, invested, artistic people. And this is their first venture at writing a piece together to produce an original play on behalf of the company. And they, they're they quite famous for many of their other um, traditional um, performances. They do um, the radio show, the Christmas radio show frequently as a biannual um, performance. But this year they decided to do something original and new. So because they are um, known for their very engaging um, like contact with the audience on, on stage, they have this wonderful way of turning their performances into sort of like a spoof or a comedy, if you will. So what they've decided to do is take the opening night of A Christmas Carol, the traditional play, and make it as if it's a play within a play. 
So the, 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 the formerly married couple, as they say, Charles and Isabella Richardson, uh, are hosting opening night of their performance of Christmas Carol, and everything has gone awry. And so they're trying to hold the production together, and Charles wreaks, wreaks havoc on the whole production and the cast, and because he's portraying the role of Ebenezer Scrooge, again, play within a play. And it's an angry, cruel, bitter Ebenezer, both on stage and off. So they take, in the traditional sense, the three ghosts of Christmas to change his heart and save the production, his marriage, and maybe Christmas as we know it. So you can imagine that this could only be an absolutely joyful, laughing night full of entertainment. I think it's very, very creative, the the whole play within a play concept. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's almost like putting a new spin on, on, you know, a classic. But yet, you know, this could become a new classic. It could. It absolutely could. And they, they um, you know, I've seen many of their plays and it's a wonderful client for me to have. They're just wonderful people. They really are, you know, built from a family that's locally and all of the friends that have put this company together. And they're very invested in making spectacular quality performances. Um, and, and in this case, they often perform their holiday season um, productions at the Plymouth Center for the Arts. And if you're not familiar with that space, you have to go there. It's really beautiful. They recently made it fully accessible. So there's lots of changes that have happened to the building. Um, but the performance hall space also doubles as a gorgeous art um, exhibit area. And it's just a really stunning place to spend a few hours to see a show. Um, And Americana always does a terrific job with decorating the space and making it feel very festive for the season. It's worth noting that this is going to be taking place from December 10th through the 18th. Is that correct? And are there differing times or, 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 or any matinees that might be um, uh, enticing to sure. our listeners? Sure. So the, the, the performances that happen from December 10th through the 18th um, happen daily with the exception of December 12th. Um, and those happen at 7 p.m. But there are two matinee performances also. So that would be on December 11th and 18th. And both of those matinees happen at 2 p.m., as I mentioned, at the Plymouth Center for the Arts. Uh, let's talk about as far as tickets if folks want to purchase tickets again if they want to get advanced tickets um how can they do that and and is there anything that's uh different in regards to uh, earlier you when you were were talking about um the previous show uh you were mentioning about having an opportunity for children who are under a certain age i would think that's not the same for this one correct no, they have a, a flat rate for the tickets. And um, another privilege of using this space is it it almost serves like a black box theater in that it's, um, you know, a limited amount of seating. So you feel like you're really engaged with the actors on the stage. It's It will be a very wildly funny, poignant um debut for this production um and so the the rate on tickets is available right on the site and you can visit their website at americanatheater.org and go to the tickets link um so that's americana theater spelled r-e some people spell theater e-r um so there is a transitional uh, thing uh, but if you're looking for it online you can just look for americana theater plymouth and the search box on your search engine and you'll It'll take you right to the site as well. 
You can also call in for tickets um, to 508-591-0282. And folks, it's worth it's worth noting we are so fortunate here on the South Shore that theater is something we have, you know, different theater companies that do a fantastic job. It's, you know, while it's great to every once in a while, take a trip into Boston and and pay, you know, the fees to, to see a, a great show. But then it comes right. with parking and the travel. Right. We, it's right here in our, our backyard. And this is this is a 90 minute show, right. which is which is fantastic. It's not something that's like sitting through a Marvel movie that's three hours long. Right. And, you know, there's like you mentioned, um, Kevin, the. The tickets are more affordable. For adults, it's just $35. Seniors and students pay 30 no matter their age. Um, and you can buy tickets right online. And there's also a privilege of doing a performance in Plymouth off-season that at this point, parking is free. So you, do, you can get street side or lot parking without having to pay an additional fee, whereas in Boston, it could cost you an arm and a leg. <laughs> exactly. And, and knowing that, you know, there's so many, so many you know, hidden gems in Plymouth, including the Plymouth Center of the Arts. You know, you're very fortunate that, you know, so much, so much go, that goes on. Maybe you plan a, a night out, you grab something to eat. There's so many different eateries down in downtown Plymouth and amazing. then catch a show. So keep that in mind. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really amazing. Again, if you are just tuning into the show, you are tuned into Monday Night Talk here on 95.9 W. ATD, and uh, we are joined by uh, a good uh, friend, Michelle McGrath, founding president of McGrath PR and Media Relations. And we're talking about some of the great holiday events that are happening. Hopefully you have your calendar open right now and and any one of these openings that are going to be taking place, you will make sure that you are front row. Uh, One of our final conversations is talking a little bit about ballet the nutcracker right here on the south shore uh, talk right. to us about this the south shore ballet theater presenting the nutcracker i would love to talk to you about that so social ballet theater is located um in hingham and they serve the entire region so they um attract students from all over the south shore and the metro boston area and because they put on this production every year this will actually be their 14 year um, anniversary of producing the uh, what I feel is the best Nutcracker production on the South Shore. They're featuring 65 dancers from 19 communities Fantastic. who will all take this ballet stage for this very traditional entertainment for the holiday season. And um, not only does uh, the performance feature that many um, student dancers, very high quality, but it also features some um, professional um, featured dancers in some of the leading roles. And some of those people have local um, connections. So for instance, um, there's Olivia Hansen of Cohasset. She will appear as the Sugar Plum Fairy. She's a graduate of South Shore Ballet Theater and went on to appear um, to go for training at the Dallas Conservatory's classical training ballet program. So that's pretty incredible that that she's able to come back here and perform. Then there's also Wyatt Payne, who performs as the the fame role of the cavalier, the gentleman in the in the leading role, and he's of American Midwest ballet from Omaha, Nebraska. Lila Jacobs appears um, as Dewdrop. Now she is 
an SSBT graduate and also Hingham native, so local. And she is a current National Ballet of Canada student. And then traditionally, um, the educator Harry Yamakawa Moser. He, he appears as Drosselmeyer and he's a, on the faculty at Social Ballet Theater. It, it's worth noting that uh, as we've done chronologically, uh, spreading these out, you know, early we're talking uh, a little bit about uh, the, the Pilgrim concert that's that's coming up. Uh, that's this coming weekend, the Pilgrim Festival Chorus. Uh, and then talking about Maracana's, uh, um, their version of A Christmas Carol. That's the 10th or the 18th. This one, you have four shows that are going to be held at the Thayer Academy Center for the Performing Arts. This is in Braintree, 745 Washington Street. And you say, wait, you're saying December 17th and 18th. Well, they have two shows. They have a, a 1 p.m. show and a 5 p.m. show. So it's worth worth noting. Um, and it's an, a show that runs 90 minutes. Again, a, a tight show and something, a, a fun performance. Right. And for all ages as well. So, again, if you have um, the interest in exposing your children or all uh, ages of your family to the culture and the arts and quality ballet, this would be a great performance to take them to. There's, um, you know, full-size professional drops for scenery. There's gorgeous costumes. The students are decked to the nines and dance meticulously. And the hall that they perform in up at their academy is really beautiful. It's, it's an authentic performing arts center, not just an auditorium. And it has a great space and it's super accessible to Boston even. So if you wanted to meet some family and friends from other parts of the region to come to this performance, it's super easy to get there. And as far as being able to attain tickets for either the 17th or 18th, how can they do that? Sure. So um, you can learn lots more about the performance at SouthShoreBalletTheater.com. But for ticketing, you want to visit DanceTicketing.com and search for SouthShore Ballet Theater's The Nutcracker. (laughs) Again, if you're tuning in, we have Michelle McGrath. She's here just for a few more moments. I believe that you want to touch upon a few things regarding the James Library. Yes, I would love to talk about that. So the James Library is a wonderful cultural center that's located right in the middle of Norwell, which makes it really accessible to everybody on the South Shore. It's not just a, a Norwell lending library. It's a cultural arts center for the whole region. And so with that um, known, they host many events during this holiday season, including their juried art exhibition that features um, like beautiful artwork throughout. They have a wonderful exhibition center in their lower level and they have a three-story building, again, fully accessible with an elevator and they have beautiful artwork hung through the entire building. They also, um, you know, get... Um, collaborate with local uh, organizations. And so every year they have a very special best books for children. So this is a gift idea event that happens at the lovely Buttonwood Books and Toys in Cohasset. That's at uh, 747 Chief Justice Cushing Highway. And of course, being a library and a bookstore, they make excellent partners. And so the Inley School librarian and author, and, a, and she's also a national 
book reviewer, Shelly Summer, um, as well as the bookstore's manager, Christine, they present their top picks for holidays. So that's a wonderful way to wrap shopping and ideas all into one night. Um, the, the rather famed uh, jazz singer Donna Byrne, um, stunning voice, wonderful trio with the Marshall, Marshall Wood Trio, performs on Saturday, December 10th at the James Library's Performance Hall. Again, a nice intimate space. You feel nice and close to the musicians and have a wonderful um, holiday season experience. Um, and then Actor J.T. Turner, he is uh, a marvel. He, he has this amazing series of performances that he puts on. Amongst them, his one of our favorites, A Christmas Carol, um, performs on Sunday, December 11th at the James Library, when he, as a single one-man show, brings that story of Charles Dickens to life. And I highly recommend each of those events. It's a really wonderful space and very versatile to be able to do that many different things under one roof. Well, we want to thank you for joining us. If folks are just tuning in and maybe they might have caught the tail end of anything we've talked about, uh, if folks wanted to find out more of what's going on, calendar events, or maybe they might even want to purchase one of your best-selling books, um, mm -hmm. if you are the author of the Creative Table Cookbook, how can they find out more information? So the best way to find more information about all of these events and many more, because we've just touched on probably a third of the events that I'm covering for the holiday season today. Um, you can visit McGrathPR.com where all of my client culture is covered in seasonal previews. Um, so right on the landing page, if you just look for entertainment preview for holiday winter culture, you can get all of this information in a calendar format with all of the details and links to click through to purchase tickets or get more information. We want to thank you for, for joining us uh, for this segment and uh, may uh, you and yours have a, a great holiday season and we'll look to talk to you uh, probably uh, in the new year. I would love that, Kevin, and, and best wishes to you and everybody at WATD as well. I'm so grateful always to the, the client coverage you provide and the local connections that you foster. It's really wonderful. Thank you so much. And we want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to this evening's edition of Monday Night Talk. Until next week at 6.15 p.m., have yourself a great night.